0: Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Hello and welcome to News from the Nerds, the midweek news show from the Formula Nerds next 30 minutes or so we'll cover the main news headlines from the past week including the upcoming race in Imola and who's bringing upgrades, the rumours around Carlos Sainz's contract talks, Elmer Marco calling Max Verstappen a time bomb, the discontent in the paddock regarding Haas and Ferrari's relationship and some great news about the British Grand Prix. The race podcast. Hello, my name is Glen Mailander, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Julian King, and you're listening to Formula Nerd podcast. Hi, I'm Rocky. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Hello, and welcome to News from the Nerds. So we've got the whole gang back together this week finally uh so i'll start with abby how are you abby
1: i'm good it was strange last week just being me and grace so i'm glad that you and sam are finally back when all four of us are here
2: yeah now it's great to be back uh grace looks like she wants to respond to that in some way so i'll throw to yeah. you yeah
3: yeah um, i loved i loved it with you abby it was great it was so much fun but um no i am glad to have you boys back because um I need, I need someone to bounce my ideas off because i just end up talking forever
2: well, there's nothing wrong with that, especially when there's only two of you. But Sam, yes, you are also here. How's it going? It's good, thanks. Yeah, no, I'm doing well. How are you? How was your holiday? Uh, it was alright, thanks. Yeah, Mexico was really hot. Uh, 43 degrees at one point, which is the hottest I've ever experienced. And yeah, I managed to find the Mexican coverage of the Grand Prix and heard them say Checo a lot. And. That was about all I understood. But yeah, no, it was good to be able to watch it nonetheless. Uh, and yeah, we've got another race coming up this weekend. So it is Imola. We are back in Imola again. Now, 2020 wasn't the most exciting race on our return to uh, Emilia-Romagna, but rain rained spicings up last year and there are rumours of some this weekend too. Are you guys excited?
3: I'm excited. I, I love, I love a... Uh italian race because it's home grand prix for two teams so that always makes it a bit spicy especially when the team is leading the drivers and constructors championship so that's always fun added pressure
2: yeah i mean we'll see i mean lots of teams are potentially going to be bringing upgrades this weekend i think uh do you guys have any more information about that no but i feel like
0: it's with the kind of upgrade season we always kind of got to Spain roughly i think that was when we usually saw upgrades but i feel like teams really don't want to let on when they're bringing upgrades i feel like it's become a bit of a a game of chess partly because of the budget cap and partly because of the new regulations so i i feel like it's very much going to be we won't know race to race until we actually get there on a friday or saturday and see the new parts you know on on the cars
2: yeah i think you're you're probably right uh, there's going to be a steep development for a lot of teams at this point. I mean, we're so early in these cars and we saw from McLaren how much they jumped up between Saudi Arabia and Australia. But yeah, no, we'll we'll see who brings what. Uh, we've got a full weekend of action. We've got F2 and F3, which we'll touch on a bit later. And it's also a sprint weekend. So our first one since Brazil last year. And yeah, it's slightly different this year. We've got the top eight getting points from eight down to one. And the only other change being a slightly kind of technical thing where poll will go to the person officially in the record books who gets it on Friday as opposed to who wins the sprint race. What do we think of the changes, Grace?
3: I much prefer both those changes because I think with the sprint race, there should be more on offer for the lesser ranks, like the not not the podium positions, because if you're not if you're in P five, what's the point in battling for P four and act maybe like wrecking your car in a battle? Whereas now that there's points on offer, there's a bit more incentive. And I also do really like that the pole position technical comes from Quali because I just think that's pretty much the purest form of qualifying there is. I think they should have the honour of getting pole position. So very happy.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think pole means who went the fastest over a single lap kind of that's that's what pole position is and uh in terms of the points yeah i mean it's it's slightly better it doesn't particularly change my opinion on sprint races i still think they need to do something else i know probably a couple of months ago now bridge and i were talking about whether you'd go to somewhere like bahrain where there's an alternate layout and you do the sprint race on that track just to mix it up a bit more so it doesn't act as a spoiler so much
1: yeah, I think last year with the sprint races, obviously they were introduced. I didn't particularly enjoy them that much. Brazil I did, but I think that was more because Hamilton was starting because he was disqualified from Quali, and that said so that I was paying attention to him and seeing whether he can get through the field. But I'm excited to see how the new cars will act on on at Imola and on the track and see what they can perform like in the sprint race as well.
0: Yeah, that's exactly the kind of point that Kevin Magnussen made when he was saying that he's going to go all out in the sprint race. Is that you know if you assume that the Ferraris, Rebels, and Mercedes occupy the top six on any given kind of race, that leaves an extra couple of points on the table or points positions for for the mid t- midfield teams. And we're still early in the season; that order hasn't been truly established yet. Is it Al- the Alpines? Is it McLaren? Is it Haas? So. So I think that does help. Again, James, I agree. I don't know if it will be enough to actually kind of make the format work, but it's definitely moving the right direction.
2: I get that the point is obviously to have action on every day from Friday to Sunday. A lot of people don't enjoy that because they can't now watch qualifying because they're stuck at work. or that's, that's the case for a lot of people. As much. They've done the, the best they can with that, but it's, I think we all know why they're doing it and it doesn't still really feel like it adds more than it takes away for me
0: yeah i feel like it kind of ruins the the prestige and the sanctity of sunday and it feels a little bit like a junior formula so i i know i know what you mean it almost dilutes the the quality in the and how excited everyone is to, you know to get to sunday um and yeah i mean the the weekday thing doesn't help you know i i for one won't be able to watch qualifying because i'll also be at work one benefit i will throw out there is i think that with the sprint race, you then reduce the number of practice sessions. In fact, I think you only have one practice session before qualifying on a sprint weekend. So it does kind of act as the great equaliser. So, you know, you could see a team get it absolutely right and nail the
2: setup and have a really good weekend from there. Yeah, but they've, they've still got that pointless FP2 session as well, where the cars are in Park Fermi after qualifying and they will just go round a bit and not be able to change anything. I can't believe that that's still the case in season two of swim races.
3: I can't believe that like, once you've done a qualifying session, I guess, yeah, to gather data, Sam, I get that. But also just the fact that they're just, it seems so pointless that the cars are just going out, running different, well, they're going to be running race simulations because quality's done. And I just think it. some of the mystery about free practices is gone because you're not... It's just more predictable.
0: Yeah, but someone's going to be a dum-dum on a Saturday and stick it in the wall during their second practice session, right? Like, so there's going to be some entertainment in that because
3: w- Odds w- on what the TV? a wasteful thing to do. <laughs> no more Mazepin, so it's got to be
1: someone.
2: I bet I bet old uh, Nicholas was gutted when Mazepin left because he knew that he's going to be the butt of the jokes now.
1: Yeah, I think, especially for this weekend or this season, because the championship. I mean, Leclerc's got a, a what, 34-point lead, which is bigger than any gap between Verstappen and Hamilton last year. I think it will be really interesting to see who performs well in the sprint, especially if some teams are bringing limited upgrades in that. It will definitely be interesting to see who will be starting on Sunday at the front of the grid and which teams will come out on top.
0: Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, Avi, because Ferrari you know, are potentially bringing limited upgrades to And also, Charles has apparently said, or warned the team rather, not to push too hard at their home race. So they're already seeming somewhat cautious, or at least Charles is. I think he's probably looking at at the sprint race, and I I feel like I would be in this situation, as get through it. If you lose a couple of points, doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, Yes, you can get points in the sprint, but at the end of the day, you can get a hell of a lot more points on Sunday. And I feel like for Ferrari, it's easy for them to get swept up in it being their home race and the success that the team has had so far. But Charles is right. They do need to damage limitation, be careful and not take too many risks on Saturday.
2: To play devil's advocate to that, you see how much they will try to get one point for fastest lap. So we're saying like, yeah, it's only you know a couple of points here or there. You had Charles last race, you know like, Can I go for the fastest lap? No, you can't. Yeah, but I wanna. Okay, but okay. And we saw how the fine the margins can be in Abu Dhabi last year. And I do agree though. I'm just playing devil's advocate.
3: You're that person in school that everyone hates.
2: Well bridge is gone. So (laughs) someone needs to like we can't all disagree with each other all the time. I've got to throw some spice bombs in. But on the topic of Ferrari, what
0: I think the more interesting side of the garage this weekend is the other side of the garage. It's Carlos. And I think that everything that's going on with, with him and his management team and Ferrari could be a massive distraction for the team at a home race. So what we know so far is that they are mid-contract contract negotiations. Apparently, the science camp is pushing for a two-year um, extension, so that'll be twenty twenty three, twenty four but Ferrari are keen on a one plus one um, arrangement in which they would get to decide whether to keep Carlos for 2024. So there's a a lot of speculation as to whether or not they're looking for a more conventional kind of one, two pairing and looking to bring Mick Schumacher into the fold. So guys, what do you think about that? Do you think that's going to cause a problem this weekend? Do you think Mick is deserving of that drive?
3: Firstly, I have an official apology for you, Sam. Because the other week I laid into you about Carlos saying he was better than you thought, all this. And yeah, Australia kind of proved me wrong. Could have been a one-off, but this is my official apology video to you.
0: Thank you, Grace. I, I appreciate that. To be honest with you, it's, it's weird because he had a really strong weekend and then things started to go wrong. And he just kind of, for want of a better word, spiralled. Something just switched and it just went stoop. Yeah, he just yeah, kind of I don't know, just fell apart from there. Um I think that he is probably deserving of the two year contract, but Ferrari clearly want that flexibility. Ralph Schumacher has stuck his oar in, as he does. He loves he loves a hot take or a or kind of, you know, a controversial he opinion. He's, uh, we he's need to get him, Villeneuve. he is get him yeah. to
3: replace Bridge if we can. That would be good. I would
0: I would love that. I'm I'm a big, <laughs> big Ralph Schumacher fan. Um basically what Ralph has come out and said is that Ferrari have already decided as to who the number one driver is. And it's obviously at this stage Charles. Um, I think he means this more for the season specifically than in total. But That's kind of difficult though, because Carlos is nearer to Charles understanding than Max Verstappen is. And obviously, you know, when you're in, when you're a teammate, there are dynamics there and you know, you're not going to play nice with, with the enemy, but I do feel like it's a little bit early. There's a lot of championship to go. I think there's something like, 544 points left up for grabs so it does feel like it's a little bit premature but I can also understand why why a team would maybe want to do that when you're up
2: against someone like Max Verstappen who is so talented then I think Bernardo came out didn't he and said it's too early to be having a number one driver I'm pretty sure I saw that at some point this week Uh, and yeah it surely is I mean we know that Ferrari had a, a pretty long history of having number two drivers and fernando is faster than you etc but there's no way they're going to start getting carlos out the way at the fourth race of a 23 race calendar
1: so i think science he's an exceptional driver anything he is worthy of the two-year deal And i think for a driver having that stability and like knowing that you will be there for a couple more years can help performance in that at the moment i'm not sure if there is a number one driver i think Charles could be said to be number one because he is leading the championship. And you said earlier, Sam, about Mick Schumacher. Now, obviously, he's part of the Ferrari Driver Academy. I personally think it's still too early for him to be in Ferrari at this point. And so does Alfatari's team boss, Franz Tost. He said that Schumacher needs at least another three years at another team to gain the experience because Formula One is so competitive. So I'm hoping he will be in Ferrari at some point in the future. But
0: I think he needs a couple more years at Hass. So I've got a, a couple of thoughts on that. And I actually, I, I saw the the Franz Tost um, quotes earlier as well. And my first thought was, because he used George Russell and Charles as examples. And I was like, yeah, but they took Charles into the, into the main Ferrari team after a year at Sauber. So that kind of, that example doesn't really work um, as well as I think he maybe thinks it does. Also, I, th- I can only see Mick Schumacher going in there and being a, being in a supportive role, as a supporting role, because I think him and Charles are so similar in age. That it's not like you know you're bringing in the new guy to then replace the old guy. Charles is going to be competitive for a long time, and that is a really weird dynamic to think about. A Schumacher going into a Ferrari in a supporting role.
3: I completely agree with the supportive role because I think with Lewis and George, everyone knows that they're both going to be competitive at completely different points in their career. Whereas Mick and Charles are literally in the same point in their career, just one got into Formula 1 a bit quicker and has been there for a few more years. It's literally picking hairs of how close in their career they are. So I completely agree with you there, Sam. Shock.
2: We do have a bit of news on that, which, yeah, is uh, apparently helmet Marco calling Max Verstappen a time bomb. Now, he was basically saying that in the wake of all the recent retirements that they max had held had handled things maturely but that they had to sort that out or yeah he was basically going to going to lose it pretty soon now it's weird to hear marco talk about max even in the slightest bit negatively uh, although there are caveats to that quote but yeah do you think he's right do you think max will snap
1: i think he just won his first world championship right He's obviously going to be frustrated and disappointed with all these re- reliability issues. I mean, he's only finished one of the first three races and DNF'd in the other two. Now, I didn't think Red Bull were going to do as well as they did last year, but I don't think it would be this bad. And he's in the standings at like behind George Russell and Carlos Sainz, which and Pep Perez as well. So, I can see why Marco has said that Max will be a time bomb. I think they could become the point where Max Could snap. Hopefully, they all get their issues sorted, and it doesn't come to that. But I don't know. I mean, Max can be quite aggressive, as we all know. So who knows? I think I think the Angry Dutchman meme vibe we all speak of and
3: know now isn't going to help when we discuss this because I don't want to be that annoying person saying, "Oh, we shouldn't discuss when people are going to mentally snap. It's not nice." But I do think that the, the issue is different because he is so well known for being angry. But I just think that's on track. I don't think, mainly, except when he pushed Ocon, I don't think I've seen him ever be aggressive off track. He might prove me wrong, but he seems all right. So he could snap on track and then go back skipping to the paddock. So I think he could snap if his car breaks down again, but I think we'll see it on track and on track only.
0: I don't actually think he's going to snap or kind of go out with a a, a bang in that sense. I think it will be more of a whimper. If and I think we're already seeing that he has looked not himself, lacking in confidence, unsure of the team around him. And I think it's you know if they can't arrest this kind of reliability slide, that the we're basically going to see him just kind of his performance just disappear over the rest of the season. They need to do something because he's been very whiny. He's been not what I would expect from a newly crowned champion. And he clearly hasn't got faith in the team at the moment.
3: He's very whiny, especially for someone who was so passionate last year. Like when things went wrong, he didn't whine. He was just, he seemed really just... Passionate that he wanted to get better whereas this year he just seems like he wants to give up already he's just moaning and whining
2: well it's quite a different dynamic this year isn't it i mean he was the underdog coming up against a seven time champion legend last year and now he's the man at the top with leclerc arguably the underdog so it's it's a very it's a different feeling at the top as you know there's nowhere to go but down
3: it's my favorite phrase i love that phrase
2: I feel again like me
0: and James are being like one kind of like mind hive. It seems, it kind of, it kind of happens quite often where we just
2: basically make the same yeah. points and have the same opinions. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's where we miss bridge. We, yeah. we need the hot takes.
0: No, I think, I think you're absolutely right, James, that psychologically it's a very different game. He's got a target on his back now and he can't operate in the same way that he did before. And I think you see that in his racing. Um, he's given more space. He hasn't been as, dynamic and he hasn't had the killer instinct that we've come to expect from him so yeah I think we're seeing all of these kind of little things play out in real time and but I think the key is Red Bull addressing those reliability issues I think as soon as they do he'll be fine he is that mentally tough the, the guy is an unbelievable talent he will get there and he'll get there this season he'll be in the fight with Leclerc if Mercedes decides to turn up Hamilton will be there too but you know early days
3: i'm glad you brought up how mentally tough he is because i think even though we do see him angry he has gone through a hell of a few seasons a hell of a life like when you have joseph verstappen as a dad you are not going to you're either going to come out of that mentally tough or a mess and i think he's very obviously a tough guy so he should be fine
1: Well, Horner certainly thinks so. He said that Max will come back strong and bounce back. But I believe Red Bull are not bringing huge upgrades to Imola, if any. So whether we'll see Max and Sergio finish this race this weekend, who knows. But I would like to see them in the fight with Ferrari and when Mercedes come back and fight at the top, Sam. Not if, when Mercedes fight. And McLaren as well, if they can continue to improve.
0: The Grand Prix in Italy this weekend, isn't the only bit of Italian news or F1 news to come out of Italy, rather, this week. It has been widely reported that a lot of the teams are starting to become increasingly uncomfortable with the close relationship that Haas and Ferrari share. Andreas Seidel, who is the team principal of McLaren, almost quite a kind of behind-the-scenes figure for a team principal, I think because of Zach Brown's kind of personality and kind of stature, in the sport but he's again questioned the legitimacy of their working arrangement which for those of you who don't know ferrari had to lay off some staff due to budget cutbacks um related to kind of you know covid and also the budget cap those staff have then been employed by Haas, who of course purchased their power units from ferrari these staff have however continued to work at Maranello under the same roof as ferrari and Haas have opened their headquarters there so yeah I think a lot of teams are starting to find that uncomfortable. McLaren have said that it's not because Haas have returned to form this year that this is now at the forefront of the kind of conversation, that it was always a problem. Guys, what do you think?
3: From what I've been hearing, I think it seems a lot closer the Rebel Bull and AlphaTauri are, because obviously everyone knows that they're sister teams, but with the headquarters and the bases being in two different countries, It seems quite separated. I've always felt like this, other than uh, the few stuff that we see, it doesn't feel like they're sharing much. But when you talk about Ferrari being a little bit dodgy, there's no doubt in my mind, if they're being accused of something, I immediately think, yeah, because of their past.
0: Do you think that F1 has, on a whole, has an issue with relationships between teams? Will Ferrari and Haas be this year's version of Mercedes and the pink Mercedes racing point?
2: I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll have to see because it's, it's so hard to know what's really going on from the outside just as a viewer, as a fan. We, we didn't really know. We, everyone was talking in the paddock. Yeah, you could see that the, the 2020 racing point looked visibly similar to the Mercedes, but this 99% of the car is like under the bodywork and we can't see it. And it was all about the brake ducks in the end, which we would never see. So, yeah, I think it will just take time and we'll see if it's going to be as bad as, you know, tracing point. I think one thing that exacerbates
0: the problem is the budget cap. And when you're vying for resources and to develop the car and you have to develop strategically now, even the big teams have to be careful where they spend money. I guess having an ally in the same building who can work on other things, who can... You know, operate in a slightly different way or in a different direction to you as a kind of proof of concept, that's surely a huge advantage. So yeah, I guess we'll have to see if if the sport kind of clamps down. I, I believe that there are conversations ongoing and I think at least Andrew Seidel's view is that there should just be a ban on this and you can buy parts like power units as a customer, as teams have always done, but any kind of collaboration further than that should be kind of, yeah strictly regulated to the point of effectively being banned.
3: It's nice to see some team principals accusing other team principals of doing things, but not Toto and Christian. It's a really refreshing change.
0: Could you say that it's nice to see some team principals having principles?
3: Oh, Just go away, go home.
1: As we said earlier, it is not only F1 this weekend, it is Formula 2 and Formula 3 as well. There are quite a few driver changes or... Some absences from the F2 and F3 paddocks this weekend. So for F2, we have Jembaluk Bassi. He will not be racing in Imola. He is being replaced by David Beckman because of an injury he sustained during in season testing in Barcelona. And for F3, David Schumacher is replacing Ayrton Simmons for Sharouse Racing System, Juan Monreal Correa for ART Grand Prix. Is also missing Imola due to an injury from the second round of testing. However, ART have not yet confirmed another driver. And Federico Malvestatiti is racing for Genza Motorsport for the rest of the Formula 3 season. They have officially completed their driver lineup and filled their third seat. I'm excited for F2 and F3. This is going to be a jam packed weekend of all series of motorsport. And it'll be interesting to see some of these drivers taking the place of former ones on track as well.
0: I think the bit that I, I find really interesting there is the Bassi kind of replacement, or the fact that he unfortunately has had a second injury because he missed the Saudi Grand Prix because he had a big shunt on you know, early in the weekend. So yeah, it's 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 troubling to see, and you know, I think what is really interesting is it shines a spotlight on the transition from being a sim racer and an esports star to racing, you know, full on racing cars. So, yeah, be, uh, you know, I, I wish him all the best in the speedy recovery and hopefully he can get back in the car soon because, you know, he's clearly got pace. But yeah, I, I do think it maybe what, you know, raises a wider question there. Um, but also apparently ART aren't replacing um, Correa. And, um, So I think they're going with with two drivers over the weekend. So the the grid will be down to 29 uh, across F3 for the weekend.
2: Yeah, you don't tend to get too many injuries on sim racing. Maybe a bit of RSI, fall off your chair or something.
3: On to our final piece of news of the day. Finally, we've got that. Um, Silverstone this year, record-breaking numbers. I think 142,000 people will be at the race on Sunday. And over the weekend, it'll be even more. And it was because... So, it sold out really quickly, months ago. But they added some seats, I think about 2,000 seats. And they went on sale yesterday or the day before. And they just went like wildfire. So, did any of you guys manage to get one?
1: I'd like to say I did. But unfortunately, my bank account won't allow it. But... Obviously, we've seen loads of new fans and a whole new generation of fans be interested in Formula One and motorsport in general through Drive to Survive and that. But surely, having that many people will be overcrowded. Surely, there will be too many people to even handle. I mean, it's an insane amount to even think about.
0: Yeah, it, is, it certainly poses a logistical issue, doesn't it? Um, which I don't know. Like, you know, you get you get huge traffic jams there anyway just once i'd quite like a a driver to maybe i don't know and it won't happen at silverstone because the driver's flying um but just once i'd like maybe someone to cut cut it fine and almost miss a race
1: so yeah that would be definitely be interesting to see the atmosphere at silverstone this season but that is all the news that we have for you guys today remember to check our website www.formularnerds.com for even more news and remember to listen to the cut to the race podcast our main show So it's been great having all four of us back. We will speak to you guys next time. Thank you.
2: Network.